0: Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at ThriveCosmetics.com Thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S Thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: Welcome to my vagina.
2: <laughs> Where are
1: we? What's today? <laughs>
2: Welcome to my vagina. This is Jessie Karen. And I'm Rebecca Frank. And here we are again having our current <laughs> historical, hysterical, infuriating conversation about our lives as vagina having organisms.
1: All content made up on the spot, but probably researched. Just kidding, you fools, it's definitely researched. Welcome to
2: my
3: vagina.
2: We got a new review. We got a new review. Five stars. Okay. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And it's titled VagTastic. <laughs> uh it says, I stumbled across your Instagram and now I'm wondering what rock I've been living under. I don't know what rock. Vagina Where is shaped it? one. Yeah. Every episode I've listened to has been so great. I need to get my boyfriend to listen to some of the episodes. His mother is a midwife, so he's well versed in vaginas. Yay! Awesome. Thank you, well, Stacey M. Wood. I like to hear that. Yeah. Have good, him listen. Good for you, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Good find. <laughs> what rock was he under? Yeah. Maybe they found each other under a rock. Ooh. That's nice. That
1: is nice. As long Mantap. as you get out
2: from under the rock. Rockmante, I feel like. <laughs> I've got a fun story about dogs. Tell me your fun story about dogs. So, did you notice all around town that there were wanted posters for that dog named Pickles? No. What? Oh, sorry. No, it's going to get good. Okay, good. I'm glad, but also super great name for a dog. That's what I said. So... All around town, I kept seeing all these signs for Pickles. Pickles, where are you? Pickles, where are you? Pickles was missing and Pickles was so cute. It was like a cattle dog of some kind, I think. Mm. Last night when I was doing some research, I was just kind of like, let me look on the internet at some dogs. Mm -hmm. So I went onto the Sean Casey website to see if they had any cute dogs there. I saw this dog named Violet and it Mm -hmm. was like a black lab-ish looking thing. And then they said this, they were telling the story about Violet and how Violet had been at Sean Casey two years ago, went to a foster home, snuck out of her collar or her harness and disappeared. And so Violet had been missing for two years. But then they found Violet. And do you know who they found with Violet? Pickles! Pickles! (laughs) So apparently Pickles was being walked by someone with wag and Pickles escaped. And so the family went to WAG and then WAG put all of their resources behind it and like brought up some like dog trackers from the Carolinas or something. And the trackers came up. They put up 13,600 pickle signs
1: all over the city.
2: Yeah. And there were like pickle sightings everywhere. And then they found pickles (laughs) by Brooklyn College and pickles was with Violet. So Violet's been on the lam for two years. On the (laughs) lam. But now she back. Dope. Cool, WAG
1: yeah speaking sometimes- of guys i'm for hire if you want your dog walked or oh, yeah. yeah
2: yeah yeah jesse's for hire that just reminded me especially if your dog's name is pickles yeah hey pickles parents let me let me dog sit your dog yeah dog sit pickles i love finding pickles yeah it's delicious
4: until men stand up and say this harassment this abuse these assaults are wrong nothing would change and it's so simple that it's almost laughable it's one of those things where hey man if you are making anybody uncomfortable don't do that
1: it's not that hard today we are interviewing nick from typed out podcast hey nick what's up
4: hi you know you're our first dude oh my gosh you guys are my first vagina
1: oh <laughs> you want to talk a little bit about mascul- you know? toxic
4: masculinity let's do uh, it
1: oh i've no, never ooh, seen somebody so excited right about that yeah
4: <laughs> Well, especially probably a man being excited to talk about yeah. toxic masculinity because most want to turn and run in the other direction.
2: Yeah, it's kind of refreshing. <laughs> or just like get in your face and scream. That's what's so funny about it is like the way that certain people react to a conversation about toxic masculinity is like itself a demonstration of toxic masculinity. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, are, can you step out of yourself for one second and just see what all's happening here? Well, cause yeah. I f- I feel like men are also taught that like, That it's innate
1: within them, and it's not. It's socialized. Correct.
4: You know? And also, I think that when you say toxic masculinity, people immediately assume that that isn't an affront or an assault on all all masculinity. Yeah. When it's not. Right. There's behaviors that are good and behaviors that are bad, and Mm -hmm. toxic masculinity obviously represents the behaviors or the socialized behaviors Mm -hmm. that are bad.
1: Yeah, it's not inherently bad to be masculine. Yeah, so like, (laughs) I
4: guess my individual definition for toxic masculinity is the belief and the upholding of male gender roles as being supreme. And if there's any sort of influence of femininity, that it is a jeopardy, that it jeopardizes masculinity Mm. in that way. So basically like that alpha male perspective. And I guess it's kind of like a perceived view of what strength is, you know, and like,
1: It's like unrealistic standards too. Yeah, They feel that their wallet needs to be full and they have to have a certain level of like social status and...
4: Emotions in check.
1: Yeah, emotions in check. Um, And if you don't have those things and if, you you know, I think it's one in five working class men don't have a job. So like when you don't get the things that you think that you're supposed to have, then you start taking it out on other people in a violent way.
2: Or on yourself. Yeah. Because suicide rates among men is significantly higher than women.
1: Mm. 77% of suicides... That's crazy yeah, it's 77% were and it's it's mostly white males mm-hmm. middle-aged
2: suicides and cardiovascular problems all I mean it's due to diet and smoking but also I think due to the heightened stress levels and the fact that men are, are sort of disallowed from processing emotions in, in constructive ways yeah. and, and when you keep all that stuff inside I feel like it's like a cancer mm-hmm. you Absolutely.
4: know and it can just
2: ma- it can make you sick
4: yeah anything you don't deal with, will find its way out in one form or another.
1: Yeah. When I went home and I was trying to decide, like figure out how to have conversations with my family, which is like blue collar, working class, listens to a lot of Fox News and has that like level of like men are men and women are women. Yeah. And uh, I was listening to my mom's fiance who was talking about how his daughter's boyfriend got really upset when she did something really shitty. Like she got mad at him and then contacted like an ex of hers. And then told him about it and like almost met up with him.
2: That's not nice. It
1: wasn't nice. Anyway, he got very upset because he was into her and they'd been dating. And so he started crying. Yeah. And my mom's uh, fiance was like, he shouldn't cry. He was like, I know that what she did was really wrong, but he shouldn't cry. Men can't cry. And I was like, why can't men cry?
4: Oh, they can. That's why they have the ability to.
2: That's why tear ducts exist. Thank you. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
1: and then and then like my mom was like, "Don't get political," and I was like, "I'm not getting political," but like what you're saying is putting your daughter in jeopardy because what you're saying is that a man can't show his feelings. So what happens? He gets angry. Right. And he was like, "Well, you're allowed to be angry," and I'm like, "Yeah, you are, but like not when it's misplaced, and not when your immediate reaction is to feel
2: sad." Yeah. Right? But if you not, turn that anger you're going
1: to use it against somebody.
2: Right, not like exclusively angry. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like you're you're allowed to to have the full range of emotions. Mm-hmm. Because then there's shame associated, associated with it, right? Mm-hmm. So like if you're then felt to make felt shame for being sad, then that then turns into angry, anger and self self-loathing. I don't know why I can't speak today. Yeah, like thinking about people's reaction to that Gillette ad. I
4: just oh my rewatched yeah. that ad this
2: morning. Uh, and like and just thinking about how angry people got this idea that that men should be examples for young boys that like boys will be boys is not a correct way to
4: to organize things
2: you just want to see some kid get the shit kicked out of him for no reason like why
4: (laughs) i think that there, especially on the male perspective i think there is the common understanding that a little bullying will toughen you up Mm -hmm, that's for sure and so i experienced mild bullying when i was growing up in high school but like Yes, those things do create a thicker skin, but it's also like you have to realize that... Can can we fully stop bullying? I don't think so. It's like yeah. a war on drugs, war on terrorism. It's kind of like a... There's always going to be assholes. There's always yeah. going to be assholes. So it's yeah. like one of those things that you can't really fight an intangible thing, right? Mm-hmm. Bullying itself is just... It doesn't have... You can't go at it with a sword and shield and say that I'm going to take it down. Um, but what you can do is approach... The way that you do raise your children, your boys specifically, because I feel like I would be curious to see if there are any statistics that exist as to, um, of all possible genders, who is the most likely to be a bully? Mm -hmm. I would wager that it's probably boys.
1: Well, I mean, if you're thinking in terms of violence, then yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if bullying is violence, then yeah, statistically we can look that up in like a second and men. Uh, I think their m- one of their major deaths as well. In in addition to suicide, is violence by other men. Wow, yeah. homicide. So, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, men have. It's the if you look at at like all the cr- rates of crime and whatever, it's like men are the most likely to commit and be the victim of mm-hmm. crime. And yeah, and it's yeah. why our jails are predominantly made up of male inmates. Yeah, I was thinking about this on my way over here about the way that we raise our kids because so much of this has to stem from the beginning you know and and trying to understand what your kids are picking up on Mm. because they're so much more in tune than people think that they are and one of my friends has a son and a daughter The, the son I think is five and the daughter's three and she's even noticed already like differences in their behavior that are mirroring back the society that we live in like the Her daughter is just more likely to apologize for things or say, or be polite, say please and thank you less likely to hit her brother, you know, all of these sorts of things more likely more in touch with her emotions right away. And like, these are young children and they're almost like a Petri dish for the society that we've created. And you can see how early things like toxic masculinity and the patriarchy really kind of start affecting our children. And how do we, Undo that when it's it's like during our when our brain is forming,
4: yeah, well, I would argue that it starts even before birth, because like I have mixed feelings about gender reveal parties, and <laughs> like I'm not saying I I could, have I bad could totally I f- have bad feelings like, about them, so yeah, I could totally hear people being like, "Oh, well, you can't tell me how I should raise my kid. No, not at all, mm-hmm. but also like again, I'll be annoyed by it, right? yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, you want to give your kid the free range, hopefully the free range to choose their identity, to form their identity, something that I I vehemently believe in. But it's also like when the minute that you start celebrating the gender of a child, or I should say the sex of a child, because that's right. really what you're celebrating at that moment yeah. Yeah. is the sex of a kid, because mm-hmm. you don't know what their gender is going to be until they're old enough for themselves to decide. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like by celebrating the sex of that kid, and then let's say it's boy or girl, you're you might subscribe to the whole thing of like buying blue and green, buying purple and pink. Mm -hmm. And so it starts at that level, right? And so a child is raised in a nursery that is either like covered with astronauts and dinosaurs and blue things and like even the t-shirts that it's like, you know, dad's little power lift.
1: There's a great hidden brain episode on this about um, a couple who chose to to raise the child gender neutral and they lost a lot of people Mm-hmm. in their lives and they had to get they like got into arguments with the nurses they got um, a yellow onesie for it and put it in the in the bed in the hospital and at some point she came back and it was covered in pink stuff wow and she was like what is this and the nurse yeah. was like oh well she, you know I just wanted to like pretty her up and she's like this is not how I put her in here and I do not want your like input on yeah. how to like decorate my child's bin mm-hmm. right
2: yeah people yeah. have a really hard time with that kind of stuff I mean there was a, to the same effect, an article in New York Magazine or something like that interviewing, following a few a few couples who decided to raise their children gender neutral. And, and the thing that stuck out at me so much is like, why is everyone obsessed with people's genitals? Like, why are you obsessed? That's what it is. You yeah. want to, because people, when they're babies, a lot of times they're bald, you know, like you can't, you can't tell right. what- no. Sacks a baby is my kid's gonna be in a fucking
1: dinosaur onesie twenty four seven. Yeah,
2: I believe it. <laughs> I fully support
1: I believe it. it.
4: My kid has four legs, <laughs> <laughs> but she can wear a dinosaur onesie if she, she wants. Sure
2: can. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things that these people had to deal with was society and and the way that people wanted to be able to categorize their children. Yeah. And and they didn't know how to interact because all of the rules that we use that that we're governed by and all the ways that we know how to interact with people is specifically based off of off of perceived stereotypes based off of their sex yes
4: Mm -hmm. i don't know if i told you both the story um when we last met up to sort of pre-plan i was home with my dad we were at the store walking down the aisle and somebody was walking our opposite direction My dad made a casual comment and he was like, you know, I don't know if that's a man or a woman. And I said to him, I was like, well, why does it matter? Why do you need to know? Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, what do you mean? I just need, you know, I just want to know if this is, if it's a man or a woman. And I said, well, why does it matter, dad? You know, like, why do you need to know? You know, Mm -hmm. and then in retelling that story to my sister, it's like, again, to, to fortify exactly what you just said, Rebecca, is that we have to label things because society has created these sort of readme files that come with those labels to tell you how to treat that person mm-hmm. okay so this is a man i treat them this way this is a woman i treat her this way mm-hmm. this person's white i treat them this way this person's black i treat them that way mm-hmm. straight gay go down the line trans cisgendered like mm-hmm. every single thing and some things are quite new to society so we're still building the way that we like the the rules And bullet points that go along with treating that person Mm. that way, but it's like, why? Why does that have? Why can't you just say that's a person, and I treat them as I would treat anybody?
1: Right, because it's easier for people
4: to categorize things. Absolutely, it's
1: it's less complicated. Yeah, if you can name it a thing.
4: Yeah, are you familiar with Eckhart Tolle at all? Sounds familiar, but no. A New Earth. Um, So I'm a huge. Follower of Oprah's Super Soul Conversations. And she I was doing, Oprah. yes. <laughs> she was doing, um, I think they just wrapped up going chapter by chapter through Eckhart's book. And he talks about how when you label things, you actually limit your experience of yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And so by saying, like, oh, that's a tree, that's a flower, that's a person, or even, I mean, yes, to some degree, we do need to cate- categorize and name things because we need some level of categorization. But more categor- categorization. Yeah. Mm-hmm can't speak today either
1: (laughs) it's tough. mercury but that's also for you too it's not necessarily for everybody else correct your dad walking down the street doesn't need to know if that's a boy or girl or if that's an open relationship and they fuck other people correct
4: what yeah i think it's more of like take the loose idea and don't say that it needs to be something so concrete Mm -hmm. and saying that like a boy is a square and a girl is a circle and neither can the two mix. I would,
2: one of the things that I think has always been kind of missing in the conversation when we talk about the way, which we talk about on this podcast a lot, the way that things are normalized around uh, straight white male males generally and how that does a disservice to other people. Yeah. One of the things that we don't usually talk about because there's not that much space for it because we're in a place right now where a lot of people, and sometimes myself included, are like, I can't deal with your issues because like, we're finally getting... A second to be heard. And like, I don't, but because the way that the conversation has been framed hasn't been about um, the ways in which things like toxic masculinity and the normalization of white males, uh, straight white males, has done a disservice to those people themselves. So I found out that the American Psychological Association just in this past May issued its first ever guidelines for practice with men and boys which was based on 40 years of research showing that traditional masculinity is psychologically harmful and that socializing boys to suppress their emotions causes damage. And because men have always been the focus of studies, they've been the norm. And so there has never been a language to treat them for the ways that society affects them negatively. And this just was released in in 2018.
4: Yeah. I love that. Well, this came up in my conversation um, in January around the similar topic. And just talk about irony, because it happened to be the same week that the Gillette ad was released. Okay. And I think it was the 70s or 80s, homosexuality was put, was listed as a psychological disorder. Mm-hmm. And then it came off that list, I think, in the 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, it wasn't I that long the, ago. Yeah, I think it was the 90s. So to see suddenly, how homosexuality was removed from the psychological disorders list and then now it's called traditional masculinity Mm -hmm. has been put on there so it's kind of like a switch in that way and it was just kind of bookending sort of i guess the topic in that way you know But it's fascinating and it's, and people were so up in arms about that article. So like the,
2: like the, I was just kind of skimming through some of the um, tradition. This was my favorite. Traditional masculinity isn't about suppressing emotions, but exercising self-control. Okay. And that gets, that's. Yes. Men are so controlled. Right. Right? But like, but that's Kavanaugh, (laughs) you know, but like, that's the perfect, that's such a perfect way to limit an understanding of what being masculine is.
1: Yeah. Tristan Bridges, a sociology professor at UC Santa Barbara, pointed out in a 2013 study published in American Journal of Sociology that found that men whose gender was threatened by being told that they tested as more feminine on a made-up gender identity survey were more likely to support war, as well as show both homophobic beliefs and beliefs in male superiority. Women whose femininity was similarly threatened showed no significant changes.
4: Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Threatened. And
1: even more distressing, mm-hmm. threatened. in a 2012 study published in the Journal of Violence Against Women found that men whose masculinity was threatened before reading vignettes about sexual assault responded to the stories by blaming the victim and exonerating the perpetrator more than men whose gender identity was not threatened first.
4: Mm-hmm. It's, oh my God. So many thoughts and feelings about all of it. <laughs>
1: Tell us um, some, Please, give them to us.
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, one, I would love to come back to what you were just saying, Rebecca, about how, like, to be a real man, right? Mm-hmm. So for... What does that even mean, to be a real man? Okay, okay, cool. I think we can bullet point some things that we think would fall under that. But the other thing, coming back to like that alpha male, the power dynamic, between men specifically, right? Mm -hmm. Men are so willing to turn around and tell another man that he's not man enough. There's always going to be another man that wants to hold supreme power to tell a line of men that they're not man enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if they were to hit five out of six bullet points on that list, or even all six to some degree, there would still be something. It's oh, it's like that gentleman's club of where they're like, I can create the rules mm-hmm. so that they cater to me, mm-hmm. right? Which is society as a whole, right, right? Absolutely. If we're gonna take the straight, cis, white, gender, like male-gendered, perspective it's all about how i can construct society so that it best suits me and mm-hmm. mine another thing that i want to address about what you just said jesse is mm-hmm. like how homophobia falls in there yeah homophobia like is rooted in misogyny mm-hmm. oh yeah it's like almost synonymous with misogyny because homophobia is all about how you are less than what is masculine yeah right mm-hmm. and how you like gay sex and its general function is an emasculate thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're, you're almost stealing from someone, their masculinity, like even within the gay community, which is why I love talking about this because toxic masculinity doesn't just apply to straight men. It applies Mm -hmm. to all men, Mm -hmm. all men period across the board. And even in the gay community, there is this idea of being as it's, I love to use the um, metaphor that it's like playing bocce, Mm -hmm. right? So if the small white ball is straightness, (laughs) certain gay men love trying to get their bocce ball as close to it as possible, like being straight, approximate, right? And it's like, girl, sis, sweetheart, honey, you are never going to be that thing. Like you're Mm -hmm. never going to be straight yeah you're never going to be straight even if you're bi you're never going to be straight yeah right Mm -hmm. so it's adhering to something that you think will best serve you yeah but it's like no you're only doing that because society will favor that behavior yeah the closer you are to that thing the more you are to quote unquote be rewarded by society right but also like Especially when I'm on dating apps and you scroll through and you see people like masculine only or mask for mask, Mm -hmm. you know, or my favorite thing that I love to come across because the gay community loves to be like, no, we're not like, I can't be gay and homophobic. I can't be gay and racist. And it's like, oh, Oh, no, yes, you know, let's have a a conversation. (laughs) Um, Sit down, beautiful. (laughs) But they'll be. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, They'll be the thing. No femmes, no fats, no Asians. Oh which God. is a huge thing. Yeah. And like, I forget which clothing company it was, but they thought it was cute and started printing it on t-shirts. <gasps> no. Yeah. Stop. And they were like, oh no, it's it's supposed to be like sassy and satirical. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. no, that's not how it works. You can't get
1: away by saying everything sassy. Mm-mm. Thank you. <laughs> but
4: also just because it's printed on a t-shirt and has zero context unless you have to explain it does not fly.
2: Right. Yeah. That doesn't make it cute. Just right. Because it's on a t-shirt. Right. You know. It's and
4: at like, some point <sighs> someone's just going to be offended and not walk up to you and ask you to explain the slogan that's on your t-shirt
1: at some point someone's gonna punch you in the face yeah (laughs) i think that's something that gets lost where it's like you know that like women can't do something wrong or that like uh gay people can't do something wrong or like you know black people can't do something wrong that's we can all do something wrong in different avenues (laughs) yeah Yeah. we are
4: all people at the end of the day yeah and And we
1: all have prejudices right Mm -hmm.
4: absolutely through the work that i've been doing and the conversations that i've been having it's like the more you talk about prejudice the more aware you become of how much it exists how much prejudice there actually is out there in every form and fashion Mm -hmm. you know people try to walk through life in a way that it's like i'm right about this one thing right we're all people in the sense that like no one is going to get everything right even Mm -hmm. through life you could be 89 years old and not get everything right it's Mm -hmm. the awareness and the ability to try yeah is really the thing Mm -hmm. right it's all about actively trying to be as socially aware beyond yourself and beyond localization. Yeah. And when I say localization, I think friends and family that are immediately affected by like coming back to politics, like the way legislature works and what laws are passed Mm -hmm. and who they affect. And people only think about their land, their property and their people. Mm
2: -hmm. That not my pig, not my farm. Yeah, exactly.
4: It's more than that. Expand your view, expand Yeah um beyond and think of a larger population and doing the most good
1: yeah i think the most powerful thing that i learned and i'm still learning because it it can fluctuate is there is so much power in being like oh my god you're right i didn't think about it like that yeah there's so much power behind that to like shift and evolve as a human that i think we're missing where because people do want to be right absolutely and, and you think that inherently everything you're thinking is the way forward. Um, I listened to Afropunk recently and they had this amazing point where they were talking about racism and how everyone is a little racist and that mm-hmm. the idea is that you can't, like, you know how people are like, I'm not racist. I'm, you know, the that card. Yeah, It's bullshit because the idea that what they say, and I love this, is that what you, the only thing you can actively do is be anti-racist. Yeah. To think about what, you're doing when you're walking down the street and like why does this person scare you mm-hmm. or why That's- does that person not scare you and so I've kind of learned that lesson in terms of everything I yeah. try to give that to, to men sometimes where I'm like you're talking too much the best thing you can do is listen and try to be anti-sexist because you just are because you grew up in the same society as we did yes mm-hmm. I'm
4: just gonna say that everybody everyone absolutely everyone is racist homophobic transphobic misogynistic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everyone yeah mm-hmm. like
1: I fall into that trap sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, No, everyone is because that's the
4: society in which we are raised. Right. And so it's like, yes. Okay. We're, it's a homophobic society. I'm just going to go on this route because this is obviously what applies to me. Mm -hmm. And the biggest joke on gay people is that they're also homophobic. Yeah. Right. Because you're raised in a homophobic society. You're not exempt from that. It's not like, oh, well, I'm gay. So therefore, like that whole thing is alleviated. No, not at all. Coming back to shame. The biggest thing is like when you're raised in a homophobic society or misogynistic society. Right. Coming back to gender roles like Mm -hmm. you're growing up and battling against you're trying to push against the boundaries Mm -hmm. through which society has already set in place for you. Yeah right and even i was coming back to ted talks who doesn't love a good ted talk <laughs> <Crazy> I, <people. laughs> right i forgot exactly who it was that was the speaker but she was saying that you know you don't even think about these prejudices until you become aware of them yeah and she was like i was on a flight uh transatlantic flight and uh you know just before you take off the pilot comes on and they're like hi i'm your pilot for the evening and you know i'll be you know flying overseas so a female pilot, you know, she came over the intercom and she's like, I'm going to be flying the plane. Oh God. And so uh the speaker was like, That's awesome. Like, yes, women pilots. Yeah. Right? Zero issues until they're midair. They hit a little bit of turbulence. And she was like, All of a sudden I'm freaking out and realizing that I'm wishing that it was a man flying the plane because Society dictates that a man would be better able to handle. Oh wow! Large machinery. Yeah, you know, like, and she was like, "Oh my god, why am I doing that?" Yeah, like, a woman is just as capable as a man to do this thing. Totally. And if I, if it was a guy flying, and we hit turbulence, I wouldn't think anything about it other than that it's turbulence, and I hope that I'm going to survive this. Right. You're not your your biases don't get triggered because that's the default, mm-hmm. right? So even I love the fact that she address that because it's true, right? None of us are exempt from any of this stuff. Our job is to do the work Mm -hmm. and challenge the society and say that like these parameters that have been put in place are not okay. Mm -hmm. And if we're to truly move forward and heal some of the things that many people are suffering from. It's Verna Myers. Verna Myers. She says,
2: uh, not too long ago, I was on a plane and I heard the voice of a woman pilot coming over the PA system and I was just so excited, so thrilled. I was like, yes, women, we're rocking it. We are now in the stratosphere. It was all good. And then it started getting turbulent and bumpy and I was like, I hope she can drive. Yes. So the ah. TED Talk is called How to Overcome Our Biases, Walk Boldly Toward Them.
4: Yes. Thank you. Yeah. My pleasure. Prejudice pops up in ways that we don't even think about until, again, you slowly gain self-awareness. Yeah. As you were saying, Jesse, like crossing the street and seeing somebody generally a person of color perhaps they're in a hijab you know like Mm -hmm. where it triggers that response and it's like oh my god must cross the street yeah but people general people generally don't question that behavior until they become aware right they're not listening to other people and being like i'm not gonna hurt you yeah like i'm just a person just like you and like just walking on the sidewalk dude Yeah.
2: yeah just like listening and like asking questions yeah why did i cross the street That's the biggest thing is like is like the recognizing the behavior and then investigating that Mm -hmm. behavior and being like, okay, why are the reasons that I did this? Like, what what have I learned? What what am I seeing? What you know, how does it make that person feel? This
4: totally just brought back a conversation that happened over the weekend Mm -hmm. that I would love to. I'm just going to pitch and then see the general response. Bring it. you ladies. So (laughs) I was at a housewarming party over the weekend and uh, there was a gentleman that came and he was talking about how he was going to be going out to uh, the bar afterward and uh, he basically started the whole conversation by saying or the whole story by saying that he was going to grab a 26-year-old's ass (laughs)
1: No. female. Yeah.
4: He was like, yeah, I'm going to grab a 26-year-old's to ass tonight. Can
1: I ask a question that's so of not course. important? Of How course. would he know that she's 26? Is he going to check IDs first? Right? Or
4: I think it's somebody that he must have known ahead oh, of time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. So <laughs> he
2: yeah. So he had his victim picked <laughs> out already. I see. So not the point, I, yeah. but had to ask. I don't
4: think that he <laughs> was. Like, I think it was, yeah, somebody that he knew and Got not it. like, you know, I'm just going to, you know, radar so, somebody that happens to be So he was
2: planning
1: his yeah. sexual harassment ahead of time. Got exactly.
4: it. Exactly. The majority of the people in the circle were female. So, of course, that did not go well, over well. I and he imagine. started to like this. Bold. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I think there were two or three women that were like, okay, that that's not okay. That's just not okay. And he was like, what do you mean? He's like, I can't help it. Like, you uh, know, it's uh, it's a sign. Yeah. He's uh, like, it's a sign. My of, brain is <laughs> mid-explosion right <laughs> now. Oh, my God. It's a sign of attraction. <laughs> like, my hand can't help. No. Like, no if her just ass like, is nice
2: my foot can't help but kick you in the fucking nuts yeah if you grab my ass <laughs> but
4: yeah you know, at one point like i just kind of like let him go and <laughs> the women were flabbergasted of course <laughs> right because it's just like he's zero awareness yeah. zero awareness of what he's actually saying and at one point i was like you're gonna dig a deeper hole with a shovel than a spoon mm. like because he was just going oh, down yeah. and down and down Because he's trying to make it better trying to justify himself and so he just did not realize like what he was saying was so offensive and that like coming back to consent, like why why can't you just I mean, granted, no one's gonna walk up to you and be like, Oh, hey, can I grab your ass? Is that okay? Is that cool? <laughs> and he'd be like, Thanks, but like, um, no. thanks for respecting yourself, but go to somebody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's just not gonna happen. Right. Yeah. But okay, here's You'd a question. Kind for of you both. Cat yeah. If you're out on a date or mm-hmm. um like and somebody asks, can I kiss you? Is that a killer? Is that like a date killer? No, or it's would adorable. you be like, okay. I like it. Okay. I think yeah. it's adorable. Because I know some people would be like, why are you asking? Just do it.
1: Um, no. I mean, for me, like, it's different for everyone. Um, you know, I've had people who were able to read what I wanted. I was I, you know, and but some people can't. Yeah. And so for people like that, if they don't know and they can't read even if I'm being enthusiastic and they're have, having trouble reading it, then no, I'm perfectly fine with a male asking me. And honestly, I've done it. I did yeah. it to a dude one mm-hmm. time because I I was like, is, is this going well? Because yeah. I can't read you. So I just yeah. was like, hey, can I kiss you? And he yeah. was like, yeah. So like, why not? Yeah.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. If you
1: can read it and you know and you're good at perceiving people,
4: do it. Absolutely. If you're not, just ask. Yeah. And I think it comes down to self-awareness, right? Mm-hmm. Like being aware of the situation, the context of the situation, the responses that you're getting from someone, but also... Another TED talk. Um, There was a woman who was talking about emotional intelligence and how you can't actually read emotions on anybody. Mm -hmm. Like you can't tell if somebody's like a convicted killer or Mm -hmm. if like they're happy because, uh, yeah, it's crazy. In that sense, I guess it's like you should never dictate off of somebody's behavioral responses whether or not you have permission to do something unless they illicitly say, you may do this, Mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. So. yeah I
2: think I think we have such a an idea it goes back in just to keep going back toxic masculinity <laughs> like this but this idea of like of like sweeping a woman off of her feet or or like th- like those God, thinking about all those like cartoon those fairy tales those romantic comedies like all of this stuff or of the way that men go in for like the romantic kiss yeah. you know or or like this guy thinking about like He's so privileged that he has completely opted out of one of the biggest cultural conversations that happened in 2018. He just opted out. Yeah. That is wild. Yeah. Like, that is privilege. Like, so hard right there that Mm -hmm. you basically were like, you know what? This doesn't affect me and I don't have to change my behavior. That's. Yeah. what
4: the fuck <laughs> and also not listening to a room full of women yeah. tell you why it's wrong but continue to justify yourself as to why you're right
1: yeah that's the thing that always frustrates oh, me God. is I'm like if an entire community of people are telling you that you're doing something wrong this isn't a one-off mm-hmm. but an entire community is telling you that something is wrong yeah fucking listen I don't understand it's a numbers game like if, if the yeah. whole a whole room of female women are, are like what you did was so inappropriate and he's like no 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 it can't be me yeah what the fuck?
4: <laughs> My hand is yeah. just magnetized
1: to
2: Yeah. It's it's like <laughs> comical. I mean, that is almost word for word Donald Trump the leaked tape Access yes. Hollywood, you know? I just I can't help myself. I just I just start kissing them. I don't even know, you know? It's yeah. exactly that.
4: Ugh. And um, this whole thing makes me think of that famous kiss post-world war ii i think it was world war right that just happened recently last week right yeah the guy passed away and she was like she was definitely like i didn't ask for that i did not ask to be kissed no he got off like the boat um assuming it was a boat but he just saw that a woman he thought was beautiful went up to her and kissed her and somebody happened to catch it on camera and it's
1: the most romantic iconic thing
4: to people and it's non-consensual yep isn't that crazy yeah it's crazy to think about that and there's a statue somewhere, I think, and there she was like, uh, "Please cal- take it down yeah. because oh, really? I think that was the argument." I I recall from last wow. week reading an. Um, an the article. sailor died
2: at ninety-five.
4: He did, yeah. yeah, and I think she was. She's still alive, I believe, and she was like, "I never consented that kiss, and I would love it's it not romantic, if that, yeah, if that statue got taken down."
1: Wow.
4: Again, toxic masculinity. It's it's the assertion, it's the power. It's like you're a woman and I can do this to you. Right. Or you're somebody other than a straight white cisgendered male and I can do this to you because I have everything to back me up. Yeah. Th-
1: thinking about how we create like a new model of masculinity and what how you can give more of your power over and like how do we start that new model? How do we teach men to be
4: allies? I think it's exactly that, is that we do have to create a new model on all of this, right? Because I see a lot of things where even a conversation that I was holding for um, for Typed Out for Black History Month, one of the things that was being pitched was like, how do black entrepreneurs fit into an already existing culture? And mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's wrong. Yeah. Because the existing culture Should doesn't support them, them yeah, right? Exactly. So it's like, well, how do you plug into the puzzle that we've created for, for yeah, you, Yeah, and that we
2: have so little space
4: left. Yeah, And it's like, it's not about that. Like Wade Davis, um, who's the first out NFL player, he's the one that talks greatly about how misogyny plays into homophobia and Mm -hmm. really unpacking misogyny first before you can even attack homophobia. It's a great talk. Cool. Um, Like he talks about the pie's already been baked. Throw out the pie and make a new pie. Yeah. So like how do we address this? whole thing with men and talk about like yielding over power to women and gender non-conforming folks like
1: people you're going to get
4: a lot of people fighting and saying well it's not fair mm-hmm. well it what hasn't is fairness been fair. yeah nothing well, is fairness is an abstract concept mm-hmm. you know and fairness we can argue that okay well what's fair things that work for just you yeah. and the demographic like you and then the eighty-five percent of other people that have been waylaid and treated as other—fairness yeah. is, is a that completely
2: fair? relative term. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's based off of your own idea of what fair and and justice is, and like justice might actually not be fairness,
4: right?
1: You know, because well, they think they're they're they think they're giving up pie, but they don't realize that it's going to the people who haven't had any pie.
4: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's not about what's fair; it's about what's right. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Think if we were to put more people in the room and we were to raise people a certain way, I think we'd have healthy, happier, healthier people. Yeah. Like if we can all add to the fucking table, there will just be more pie.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There <laughs> are numerous studies talking about how diversity, especially in leadership mm-hmm. will strengthen the, like that company, if it's a company mm-hmm. organization, because you're actually bringing in different points of view. Yeah. Right. You can't, I actually am in the midst of writing an article about this, about like what is acceptable diversity Mm -hmm. um, in the sense of like diversity of thought, but not diversity in demographic, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So people are asking you, like when it comes to podcasts, well, how is your podcast different than something else? People want you to be different, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a certain level of what is acceptable to be different, right? right? So it's like you can be different within a certain thing, but like you yourself should not be different. Mm -hmm. So your creative intellect should be different. Right, but God forbid the person that is the vessel for that creative intellect be different. Absolutely, but more often than not, it's that that person that hasn't historically been at the table, or you know, as they say, the voice at the table, the chair at the table, um, the the person that has been historically extinct from that conversation that is truly bringing the different creative intellect. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think also thinking about like react. (laughs) proactive versus reactive diversity. Yeah. Like, what are, what are the reasons? Are you just, are you trying to diversify simply to check a box off? Or are you trying to diversify because you realize that, that you're missing out on stuff? Like, I remember my friend, she's a lit agent, and she um, primarily represents female uh, or um, female-identifying authors. Mm. And at one point, she was like, man, like, my list is, like, very white. Mm. And she realized because people didn't realize that she wanted... She's like, I want to see... I want the best. I want the best of everything. And I'm not going to get the best if I have a white list. If all of the people sending me stuff are white. I want all of these different ideas. I want all of these different voices. And that's what makes... That's what's going to make things better. Like that's what makes literature better. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
4: That's what what makes the world better. Exactly. When you get different perspectives coming to the table and talking about how to solve... A so like come to the table with a solution in mind or a proposed solution in mind.
1: Yeah. More ideas. Yeah. Otherwise maybe more people would be scientists and then we can get ourselves out of this hole.
2: Hey. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Right? Yeah. Well, we also have to acknowledge that science is a real thing first. Yeah,
2: but- <laughs> yeah baby steps. Baby yeah. steps, got it. Baby steps. Can you tell us about your real quick about your podcast? Oh my god. Your, oh my god. We yeah, haven't even sure. talked about
1: that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I meant to um, start with that. I know well, this We're is why gonna I write things down. We're yeah. gonna we'll just we might just move we could just move it to the beginning. Yeah, yeah it'll be fine.
4: Sure. So her name is typed out, (laughs) Nice. Um, but it's it's a platform podcast and community organized event um, or community event organization, I should say. It's probably the best way to put that Mm. that is dedicated to social change. So like the conversations, the personal essays and poetry that you'll find on the website um, and even the community events like the open mics that we have. Uh, are all dedicated to expanding the boundaries of understanding and acceptance. So it's kind of this whole pers- like this whole idea but expanding it to all demographics and saying that there's so much overlap between communities that we just need to start having a cross communal conversation. Mm-hmm. And the more understanding and aware- awareness that we have of what each other is going through hopefully we'll be able to bake a new pie. Bake a new pie. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's a reaction to how people are still so close-minded in 2019 and it yeah. feels like we're regressing as a, as opposed to progressing. Mm-hmm. So that's what Typed Out is. Dope.
2: It's awesome.
4: It is awesome. Thank so you.
2: He yeah. <laughs> puts on also really, really fantastic <laughs> events. So you all should follow all of his things. Where can Thank we you. find you?
4: Well, if uh, our Instagram handle and website address are the same. So it's typedout.co, T-Y-P-E-D-O-U-T.co. And then, um, yeah, all the information is there. You can also find us on Facebook, typed out um, and yeah, we post all the things. It's mostly like the portal is like Instagram to the website, and then our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and through our website. you can direct, listen, and download. Thank you. And I can't <laughs> wait to have you both on the typed out podcast. Yeah, yeah. It'd be so fun. to talk about feminism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: we must raise our
2: daughters differently. We must also raise our sons differently. We do a great disservice to boys in how we raise them. We stifle the humanity of
3: boys. We define masculinity in a very narrow way. Masculinity becomes this hard, small cage, and we put boys inside the cage. We teach boys to be afraid of fear. We teach boys to be afraid of weakness, of vulnerability. We teach them to mask their true selves because they have to be, in Nigeria speak, hard man.
2: So since we discussed with our friend Nick from TypedOut.co about uh, toxic masculinity, we thought that we would talk about toxic femininity. (laughs) Hashtag not a thing. (laughs) But we found some really fun things on Twitter. I mean, I keep wanting to say toxic femininity. (laughs)
1: <laughs> like an anemone,
2: so like an anemone. am um, an to- toxic anemone.
1: There's a lot of toxic femininity. That's how he spelled it, going around lately. Women are trash. <laughs> Which can I just bring up that women got uh, their their comments taken off of Twitter when they wrote, "Men are trash." Oh, do you remember that? Yes,
2: I do remember that. Yeah. All right. So this article: Mother blessed with quadru- quadruplets plans on choosing to only have the girls. I guess like she wasn't going to keep all of them because that's like a lot of babies to have at the same time. Yeah. So she decided to just have the girls. And someone wrote, this is what starts to happen when you scream toxic masculinity and fail to see the grim hashtag toxic femininity. Just look what happens when it's forced. Captain Marvel, Star Wars, hashtag toxic femininity.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God we are afraid of the government and society that would back women blindly so many innocent men have been abused systematically hashtag meninist hashtag toxic femininity
2: hashtag meninist is for sure my favorite hashtag of all times women who have become the most toxic creature on the planet hashtag toxic femininity i don't even understand what that what that one meant actually. Well, apparently, according to Sirius George, hashtag toxic femininity is what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Toxic femininity is rampant and must be confronted, eagerly awaiting a Gillette hashtag be the best women can be and demanding women end this abusive behavior. Hashtag men too. (laughs) (laughs) Calling all hashtag masculinists. Uh, the, meninists, masculinists
1: masculinists, <laughs> the redefinition of what a man is under attack. The gay community has already displayed that via hashtag toxic femininity. disaster
2: to say the least. What does that even mean? I don't know why I've got a question for you. Okay. Why do feminists want all the power of men, <laughs> all the privileges of women and the responsibilities of neither. Hashtag (laughs) feminism is cancer. Hashtag feminist. Hashtag feminismo. Hashtag toxic femininity. Oh, no. Carrie Fisher did not die for Disney slash
1: Lucasfilm to turn her character into a man-hating feminist asshole. George (laughs) Lucas did not sell his franchise for his characters to be treated like shit. If they think... It is supposed to enforce hashtag girl power. It's not. It's promoting hashtag toxic femininity. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hashtag InstaBlock, Captain Mabel. I think it was supposed to say Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs any hashtag toxic femininity, especially not we mothers. Women have become the most toxic creature on the planet. Hashtag toxic femininity. Yeah, that's a good one. Someone wrote, you finally are dating someone, I guess, to this girl. Look, bruh, free lunch is a free lunch. Hashtag toxic femininity. Hashtag I date for the food. (laughs) Uh, Feminists be like, why only fuck boys? Why not fuck girls? Hashtag why. Hashtag feminism is cancer. (laughs) Feminism ends only when the financials attached to it end. It is a billion dollar industry. People will never let it end. I was in a premier engineering institute the other day. What shocked me was how uninformed young boys and girls are about feminism. <laughs> <sighs> the misandry in oh them was shocking. I love that feminism is now a billion dollar industry. Yeah. Where's my cut? I've been in this shit for a while. I want some fucking back pay. Where's our class action lawsuit? Yeah. Money exactly. From being a feminist. Yeah. I've been working
1: hard out here. <laughs> it's sad how women don't take men being sick seriously.
2: Toxic Oh my god, stop Holy <laughs> oh shit, that is my favorite That's a really one. good one I kind of want that on a t-shirt Oh my god <laughs> So I just found a picture of a guy wearing a t-shirt mm-hmm. And on the back, and it's this really big guy Huge shoulders, looks like he lifts a bunch of weight Pretty fit uh, And the back of his t-shirt says A movement to prevent misandry And to stop law misuse Men's helpline so, if any of you men are feeling like you need some help, some men's help, you can call nine one eight 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 two four nine eight four nine eight, and and to stop law misuse um, and misandry. You're welcome. I want to use that song in the new six five seven five
0: right three
1: nine. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Welcome to My Vagina. It's time for us to slide on out of
2: here. God damn it. It doesn't like, sound right do I? when I do it. I oh, know.
1: <laughs> Places you can find
2: us. <laughs> on Instagram at Welcome to My Vagina. We're trying to get a thousand followers to tell your friends. And uh, Twitter at Welcome to My badge. We also have a website,
1: WelcomeByVagina.com, which leads you to my YouTube page. Also, yep. welcome by vagina.
2: Uh huh. And there's a blog section where I have posted a couple of things. But we're also looking for writers. So if you have interesting opinions, if you are a person who wants to break into writing and wants to share your voice, we're looking for diverse opinions, all sorts of different people. We're basically looking know. for anyone who's not a cisgender man.
1: We, yeah, we definitely want you guys to be allies. But
2: right now, we're looking yeah. for other voices. Yeah, and also we love uh, our white women peers but we're two white women sitting here so we'd love more diverse voices
1: also thank you so much to our producer uh caitlin moldenhauer of more banana productions please check out all of the work from this all women network including world stealers there will be porn i'm listening with anita flores and awkward sex in the city with natalie wall which is coming to you in july yeah more banana production is killing it yeah guys
2: we're kind of taking over the world and don't forget to review us and subscribe and tell your friends yeah And we're going to have merch soon. Merch. I don't know why that word always makes me think of Merkins. Ooh. (laughs) Merkin merch.
1: Also check out all of Rebecca's writing at
2: franklyrebecca.com. Da-da-da. Da-da-da. Yeah. All right. (laughs) See you next Tuesday.
3: (laughs) See you next Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs)